Hello and welcome to another episode of Belfield Journal. Uh, this week, H and I are joined by Brendan Fernando uh, Kelly Planeke. Palenque. Palenque, is that all your names? That is all my names. You yes. have too many names. I have an appropriate amount of names. You have too many names. I'm Hispanic. It's my culture. <laughs> is it Hispanic culture to just have too many names? No, we just have a double barrel first and second name, that's all. But that's four names. I mean, to be I fair, mean, most, I have five. most Irish people claim that they're fucking communion name counts yeah exactly if you don't get a communion name you get a confirmation you filthy prod (laughs) (laughs) um uh brendan is the editor of the college view and also worked with i've um was it the indo that you worked with during the election i did well work is perhaps i mean it was work but work with maybe a bit euphemistic of a word i filled out a spreadsheet for them which that's, updated that's, their live website. That's that's work. That counts. It's I more mean, than RTE did, so I'll get paid. Yeah, so. I, yeah, you got paid. Um, also, um, our conversation for this week is, uh, we kind of touched on it last week, but it wasn't a serious uh, way of discussing. It. We're going to talk about, um, not the election, the election results, and also um, possibilities for government formation. Because a week later, as far as I can tell, no progress has been made. Um. I remember, I saw something yesterday that would make my mom very happy, and it's that Catherine Murphy is plant, is throwing her hat into the ring for Count Corla. Um, one of the leaders of Sock Dams is putting herself forward for, for Count Corla. My mom loves the Sock Dams so much. And she would be the first woman First Count woman Corla, Count Corla. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Assuming she'd get it. Um, yeah, but uh, we starting off with the news of the week. Um very it was production weekend for h and i so we haven't looked i well i personally haven't looked at much of the national news outside of what shows up on twitter me either um, i mean but for hot take conversations um the woman who used to host love islands um tragic death yes I don't know if the story itself is newsworthy but i think we could have a bit of a conversation about media coverage the way that went how fucking dumb all of the hot takes were so incredibly dumb because the reason why she was being flanked by such intense media coverage is she was being tried by the state for attacking her boyfriend while he was asleep. With a lamp. With a lamp. Um, but while I think, I don't know, see, I think this is a really complicated discussion because obviously that is a bad thing, but... She has a history of bad things. I, I also believe that I can understand the social media mob and the the tabloid media mob um, can be incredibly terrible. So and I feel intense. I feel like people. It's complicated here because people feel because of her history with domestic abuse um, or her alleged history with domestic abuse. It's fine. She can't sue you. Um. True. Actually, yeah. You can't defend someone who's dead. You're right. Um. So because of that, people are less likely to defend her than I feel like if it was someone who didn't have that past. But I still think that in this instance, there is a critique of social media and the the, the tabloid papers and, let's be honest, the like, broadsheets to a certain extent as well. Yeah, like Caroline Flack, her entire career has been the focus of a lot of tabloid coverage. It's because she keeps doing things that are a bit reprehensible. She dated Harry Styles when he was like, 17 18 and she was in her late 20s early 30s it's one of the few cases where the tabloid press have been like actually this is a bit creepy um and that's kind of how it all started that was the first time i heard of carolyn flack and it was very early on in her career and she's kind of just kept doing things where people are like this is a bit sketch but I, okay but since. i think genuine take on scandals though there's a difference between a scandal when a politician does it and when it's just like a celebrity oh very like much like so. a in- Depending how bad the thing is, it's not like she wields public power. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is also true that all of these, that she was be- being hounded. And there is also a difference between an investigation into and a calling out of and constant mobbing and harassment. And I think that needs to be understood both from people who are like, it was the mob that got her. It's like, well, I mean, it's fair enough to do news articles about a public person who's doing something like it. Yeah. This is why I thought the hot takes were all dumb because it was just a, it should have been a conversation about, it could have been a conversation about media. It could have been nuanced, but as per fucking usual, as with fucking every topic, it was just like everyone 
getting mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that was the only thing about it. I was like, I, I thought it was quite funny that the biggest problem was that tabloid journalists was were sort of were being spoken about as a large, aggressive, hate-filled mob by Twitter performatively woke people on Twitter. Who I don't know. I they seem to. If you're going to talk about people using the media, people being a, a media mob. I think performatively woke Twitter is like a poisonous, <laughs> like a. It's very much a pot kettle situation. Yeah, no. Like Pierce it's... Morgan came out and was like, <laughs> "The media did this to Carolyn." Hashtag Levison too, kind of thing. Wait, did he say hashtag Levison too? No, no. Okay, there I mean, are, that would be hilarious if he really, did. I was probably like <laughs> that passed by my radar and really should have happened. I'm annoyed by the people calling for a second Levison inquiry as Very, well because yeah, the Levison inquiry yeah. was a terrible, dumb thing when it happened because what it found was or what it called for the fucking press regulation in the UK would have been dreadful for press freedom, mm-hmm. and the things that everyone was upset about were things that were already illegal anyway. And, yeah, and, like, and all that the Levison Inquiry should have said was we actually need to enforce the laws that we already have, not let's find a new way of like watching over the press. Fucking dumb take. Um, one thing that just incredibly annoyed me over the weekend was seeing these takes and seeing people say like people need to be kinder, you know, be kind. Other celebrities coming out and being like, when I came out, like when I came into being a celebrity into public life, I, I got out as a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um... I'm famous. <laughs> I hope you still accept me. Like I was like tormented by abuse. Like Miranda Hart came out um, about like being like harangued by the press and tormented by abuse and how that impacted her. Didn't mind me so much. People saying like unfollow every press app you have. Like don't like involve yourself at all with any media oh anymore. My God. That stuff was just so stupid. Oh, the people are dumb. People are dumb as shit. I think what particularly annoys me about these type of takes is they don't actually accomplish anything whatsoever. And they, they require, like, no introspection to just be like, let's just, like, totally close ourselves off from all of these media outlets that we hate. And, you know, to a certain extent, I can understand, you know, my dad and my brother are both big Liverpool fans, so they would Presumably never don't buy the sun. <laughs> they would never buy, let alone even read the sun. And I'm pretty sure they would disown me if I were to ever write for the sun. Um, and that I can like to a certain extent understand and sympathize with. But I also think a big problem is that people don't have great media literacy, uh, particularly in Ireland. It just doesn't seem like people understand how the media works and the fact that just because there's an opinion piece in a certain publication doesn't necessarily mean that publication endorses that point of view or just because a certain writer has certain political beliefs doesn't mean the entire media organization he works for also has those same beliefs. It's just it's a bizarre way of trying to like put all of these positions which are held by one singular person onto an entire entity and di- and then demonize the entirety of media in general as a way, you know? That said, it does devolve to people who think that they're being media illiterate by going like, that's just one bad take as if like the sun isn't actually just a hotbed of stupid, terrible, terrible oh, yeah, opinions. No. I mean, I'm not going to defend the sun. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, which is, which is the whole point about media. Yeah, no. But also just the idea that like you're endorsing it by following it on social media. You actually get it more often with, I find like Graham Linehan or activists within far right groups. Gemma Dardy, a lot of the people complain about as if like, by following Gemma O'Doherty, it's you're like endorsing her. By following Graham Linehan, you're endorsing him, and it's like you don't that like if you're if you're talking to to and about journalists who do this, they need to know what's going on in the world. Second of all, guarantee you half the people who would do hashtag unfollow Glinner are just gonna search his name so they can screenshot and dunk on him on Twitter anyway to prove how pro trans they I are. And did also, actually do use... the unfollow Glinner. Um, ju- and I unfollowed all of the non-journalists who were following him. The, like, yeah, people I knew from school and stuff. The, yeah, there's a difference. That's a different thing, though, because, like, mm-hmm. I follow a lot of people who I... I mean, I, I largely follow Gemma O'Doherty just to giggle at her, to be honest. I'm not actually, like... But I have written about... Uh, You're but a I, big I, Gemma head, and we know it. Yeah, she's right about everything. Um <laughs> No, uh, but there's, like, a difference between a journalist trying to understand what's going on and follow something and endorsement. Like, I've never mm-hmm. liked or retweeted anything Gemma O'Dardi has tweeted, but it's important to know. Oh, well, like, do you uh, not have in your bio likes and retweets are not necessarily endorsements? Do you not have that in your bio yet? Um, I can't even remember if I have it in my bio, but I, I, I feel like... 
I feel like a retweet has without comment is like a different thing from a retweet with comment. Mm-hmm. I tend not to retweet things with comment saying it's dumb. I probably should have done that with the independent Andrew Deeks article, but like, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, media literacy is really bad and people have dumb opinions and um, I'm going to stand by the edgy left opinion on this. It's dumb. I'm not endorsing someone. Um, mm-hmm. Also, because they because guarantee you these people like organizers who are against Gemma Dardium or whoever, who presumably all, even if they use burn accounts to do it, follow her on social media so they know what she's well, doing. You can't... The thing is, a lot of the people who aren't journalists would add her to a list. And that's a new function on Twitter. You can add someone to a list and it keeps you updated. Oh, okay. Um... And that's a more passive way of doing it, because I think you have to go and manually check a list rather than it coming into your feed. Okay. To a certain extent, though, I almost... I, especially if you're I not a journalist, I don't know why you would do that, because I just feel like it increases the negativity in your life. And, and you know, very rarely are these people actually doing any kind of activism um, on Twitter itself that would demonstrably you know, take away Gemma's platform or anything. So it really, all they're doing is like self-infliction. with... Glenner, because Glenner organizes entirely online. Yeah. Um. So knowing what Glenner's doing on Twitter is very important for activists and journalists. I personally haven't blocked because I I hate seeing his stuff so yeah. much. Which is which is fair enough. Like I'm not going to turn around and say that you have to. F- <laughs> this is also not an argument for following Graham Linehan. <laughs> we should um, just up Graham Linehan's follow follow count. That should be the point of this podcast. I think oh, yeah, there needs to be like this medium where people understand that <sighs> just because you follow someone doesn't mean you endorse them. But it's also important that people. Don't feel like, oh, by not following someone, I'm going against like the principles of free speech. It's like you have just as much right to not listen to someone as someone has a right to say something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Okay. But the the, the, the there is a difference between um there's there, I'm, there is a difference between someone not following someone because they don't want to see their stuff, which is fine. That's how Twitter works. And someone actively attacking you for following um people like. You know, there's a difference between... Uh, if say... you say you don't want to follow uh, Graham Linehan because you don't want to see his stuff, and I'm like, well, I'm going to leave him in my follow list because I'd like to know what he's doing, that's fair enough. But that's that, you're not censoring him by doing that, but you are an idiot if you think, if you attack me for following Graham you're putting his follow count up. And it's like, I've interacted with him on Twitter once before the 8th referendum just to dunk on him back when he was, had other dog shit takes on different topics long before he was publicly famous for being a transphobe because I didn't know he was a transphobe at the time. He was just... No one knew he was transphobe at the time. He was just really fucking dumb at talking about other topics. Like, things um, before he went full mum's nut on us, um, <laughs> he was very... He was very progressively, not just because of Father Ted, but because he went on the Late Late Show and spoke about repealing the 8th before it was really in public conversation because his... White, to the best of my recollection, his wife needed a termination. Um, and he went on the late late to speak about how if they were still in Ireland, she wouldn't have been able to get one and she likely would have died. It was something along those lines. Yeah, no, like... Whatever. So he was very well respected before he, you know, okay. went dog shit on Twitter. Um, what else has happened in the news recently? Um... Brendan, you probably re- read the news more than we did in the last week. Oh, gosh. Anything wild catch your eye? Anything fun? Um, God. I mean, most of it has just been the fallout of the general election, I feel oh like. Oh, my God. Most part. Well, I'm, I mean, we're going to move on to that in a few minutes yeah, anyway. Um, aside from that, I mean, again, because that do- is like do- dominated Irish politics. Dog bites man, fucking. Yeah, it, it's very did much. Did New Hampshire happen since the last time? Yeah, uh, New Hampshire happened since last uh, last podcast. Oh, well, I don't know if you. Fam- I mean, you presumably you have seen that amazing interview between Klobuchar um, won New Hampshire, guys. Between Klobuchar and El Mundo, where oh yeah, the interviewer asked her if she knew who the president of Mexico was, and she obviously did not, and answered it in a way that like you would answer a question when you know like your teacher's asking you if you did your homework, and you don't want to say you didn't do it, and you're like. We did have homework. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, God <laughs> damn it. It's so funny. She's just like, I have not met him. Yeah. And it's like, you, you would just ask his fucking name. You yeah, it's like, do absolutely do you know who America he is? Has, he is the president okay, of Mexico. A, if you're running for president <laughs> of the United States, you probably should know who most world leaders are, actually. But even regardless of that, you have two land borders. You have two fucking borders as a country. You should know who the president on either side or the leader on either side is. You 
fucking dumbass. Uh, the reality dumbass. is, I do think this would be a bigger deal if she didn't know who Justin Trudeau was, for example. But because mm-hmm. it's the Mexican president, and you know, it's very much like, well, it's not really a quote unquote uh, first it's world so country. Dumb. It's very like, it's, well, that doesn't uh, even matter, does it? It's so dumb. Oh god, I'm I'm really sorry for you as a as a Hispanic to have to have uh, had to have heard that coming. Coming from Amy Klobuchar. Well, I'm not Latino, so it's fine. I, I don't At care. least she didn't uh, staple your balls to a table like she does with her interns. <laughs> like, uh, God. Oh, my God. Did you guys see? She came out and said that she um, came Medicare out? for all. <laughs> You're going to say that every time I phrase things that way. Yeah, well, maybe you should stop you saying that people have come out as... <laughs> anyway. um, she posted on Twitter that um, Medicare for all would hurt unions, which is the exact opposite of being true. Well, I mean, it's this dumb take that unions can fight for, um, have done a lot of work fighting for healthcare benefits. But the only reason they've had to focus on that as a workplace issue is because healthcare is provided privately by companies through insurance. It's not provided by the state. Like, if there was free healthcare, unions could fight for something else. And that would also just be... Like a living wage. And that could be something taken off the table. Or not having their boss stapled to the desk by their boss. (laughs) Yeah, since when did Amy Klobuchar become the f- the pro worker candidate anyway? Fuck off. To cover up the fact that she staples her workers' balls to her desk. To be fair, apparently she didn't staple their balls to the table. She only threw the stapler at them. It's just less funny to phrase it that way. I I heard it was like a like a ring binder. She's thrown lots of things at lots of people. She is just a psycho. Yeah. Like a. But she won New Hampshire, guys. She won New Hampshire. <sighs> oh my god, she's insane. Um, God, she is. I keep saying that because I heard that on RTE the morning after New Hampshire. They were like, yeah, Bernie won, but Klobuchar really won because she got more delegates than anyone else was expecting. That's not a victory. That's not fucking winning wins. You don't (laughs) win by having more points. (laughs) Work, sorry, fuck off. Uh, You don't win by having more points than people expected you to have. You win by having more points. Oh, my God. Honestly, as a kid who was bad at PE, getting more points than people expected me to did feel like a win. Well, fine. I don't fucking care what happened to you as a kid. It's not how politics works. Um, Did you um, see also, I believe it was last week, um, the true president of Venezuela, Juan Guaido, finished his little roundup of (laughs) visiting various countries and saying hello to their leaders. And then he went home and everyone fucking booed on him. <laughs> uh, yeah, then he came home and, uh, you know, people were so gracious they would, like, give him their shoes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just God damn it. Um, but I, I do think that's, like, a really interesting... I can't wait till um, President Buttigieg and President Guaido get to, like, unite I two really countries. I don't but, want President Buttigieg had, Well, here's so the thing that... They've had a really... Because Venezuela and the United States can have a really, like, tenuous relationship. And it would be so much easier if they bo- just both had um, twinks planted by the CIA leading them. That would just be so much better for the world, you know? Like, if both of them are just... Like, every president in the world should be a CIA spook, and then there'll be peace. That's how world peace shall be achieved. Speaking of twinks, did you guys see... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that um, someone found an old letter from Bernie Sanders um, supporting the hunger strikes in the North. That doesn't surprise me at all. But, but Who are the... you calling twinks in this situation? That's a great question. The hunger actually. strikers? <laughs> um, Is Bobby Sands a twink? I was calling Bernie is Sanders a twink. Um, Bernie Sanders is not a twink. He's not a twink. But Bernie I thought Sanders, it'd be I don't funny. think he ever was a twink. I'm... No, he wasn't. He was never a twink, but I think, I think it's ha- funny. Okay. <laughs> that was like a, I I'm here to make stupid inappropriate jokes. Inappropriate to call hunger strikers twinks. <laughs> 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 oh my god. They're they're political twinks. They're twinks political. for praxis. <laughs> Oh my god, you're, you're making it the worse. The same as uh, political lesbians, political twinks. Oh my god. I did see a great twi- take describing um, Pete Buttigieg as, being a pl- as not being a gay boy, but actually being a political homosexual, and it's just the same as political lesbianism, but for like being gay. <laughs> it's like being a gay man, it was great. Um, yeah, being a hunger striker is not being a political twink, and um, I think we have to move on quick, swiftly, before you start. We hear your opinion on like, I don't know, famine victims. Um, <laughs> it's fun. You're usually the not woke one on the show. It's I'm nice always for the not a change. woke one. It's, um, it's amazing. We probably should have the thing that they have on the Useful Idiots podcast that the Rolling, that Rolling Stone magazine puts out, which is they have a button that just plays 
the wake me up line from wake me up before you go go every time one of them makes an inappropriate joke (laughs) it gets played a lot um yeah so elections government formation we still don't have a government brendan in your expert opinion does the fact that we don't have a government mean there's no laws? Can I just do whatever I want? Well, I, ooh, we didn't think of that. I, can, I, can, I, can I smoke weed? Can I, like, just piss on the streets? Sadly, that is not the case. Cross the road without so looking both ways. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you, there's no government. Who's going to stop you? My personal prediction is I don't think we'll be able to form one, and I think we'll have to go to the polls again. That is what I would have to say. I mean, I, as a Spanish citizen, this is recently what happened in Spain, where they had a general election, it was quite a standstill, and they had to have another one. And then there was actually a, a leftist coalition that's now been formed. Woo! So I would like to believe that that is possible in Ireland. I don't know if that will actually come to fruition. It's. I'm afraid that Sinn Féin, if they were to run more candidates, would actually just end up eating other left party seats and not actually take away seats from... That is what seems Fianna to have Fa- happened this yeah. election. Like, Ruth, Ruth Coppinger losing her seat was something no one expected. Yeah, but then PVP... They've... PPP gained a seat, so overall, but again, the far left have the same number of seats. Sinn Féin didn't run that many candidates, though. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. And I think that's that true, if they true. were going to go and capitalize on that surpluses they got, I don't think they would be taking away seats from Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. I think they would just be taking away seats from maybe the Green Party or people before profit and the likes. Um, well, PPP got a lot of transfers in most con- in in almost every PPP constituency, gold constituency with a people before profit candidate. It was uh, Sinn Féin transfers. Yeah. And the like difficulty, Boy Barrett, the difficulty there is what if Sinn Féin get two people in and then the PVP person gets on on the third round and that might push people down. Because some people like Leo, even if he still got his seat, Leo Varadkar had to wait for six, well, no, five counts, which is insane. It was it's, so good. It was so good. It, it felt was, so nice. Oh, my God. I actually came watching that. It that was video. nice. But Every I... single count, just another orgasm. Like, yeah, no. All day. It was very awkward. I was watching with my family. Jesus Christ, my... my, my, my I think Gavin Riley pa- was right, though. When it, it, my, it ultimately, my it that night. <laughs> matter what count someone gets in on, though. Because at the end of the day, if they get in, they get in, and they get their seat. Well, it's not necessarily true if there's another election straight away, because it means if someone else gets in... Bef- if there's more candidates next time and someone else gets in before him, that pushes him down a count. Sure, but I think even from the first count, it was clear that people like Simon Harris, who also only got in on like the 14th count, oh I believe. Oh, my God. Um, it was always clear that they were going to get their seat. It was just a matter of yeah, let's eliminate enough candidates that we finally get someone over the edge. Because especially yeah. at the start, the first two counts are usually just eliminating the crazy independent candidates um, and distributing which like is, a thousand votes. Which, which is really disappointing because the crazy independent candidate is my favorite. Um, oh, what's sh- his name? Kerrigan? John, John, John Kerrigan? Colin O'Keefe as well, I guess. He's the... Uh, he's the one of my constituency. He's the chap who's in favour of Catholic communism. Yeah, he wants to get rid of divorce and... Uh, and private property. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a great... His, his campaign literature is just a Vatican flag and a Soviet Union flag crossed over each other in front of a tricolour. But is getting rid of divorce not enforcing private property to a certain extent? Well, no, because we'll be changing how property and ownership laws work. Um, he just thinks that it should be a union before God between two people and two people only. We should have that. Um, and a, a heterosexual union, presumably? Uh, he didn't mention. It's, he like, he, more he of a proposed with... his law for getting rid of divorce. He wants to basically, anyone who's been married up until, I think, 2024, 2021, can, can divorce because that was how it was when they got married. But anyone post-2021 can't. He didn't mention anything about the case. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. And would that just apply to uh, marriages within the church or civil marriages as well? Um, civil marriages. I think civil union, civil partnership is what he'd be considering Okay. Um, any marriages pre-2021 as. And then after that, it'll be like full marriage rights, but like in the States. He is, he is like a... He's not quite as good as John Kerrigan, but he's pretty good as like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun to have one in the constituency. Yeah, no, it's 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 good fun. It and we've got two. We've I'm got just, a guy who posters and we got a guy who runs. It is stuff. just disappointing that you don't have the same thing as we have in the UK with fucking um, a lineup of candidates, and there'll be someone from the main monster raving loony party with like a stupidly large hat and a giant badge. 
Um, did you know in this monster, monster raving loony party, if you get enough votes to get your deposit back, you are expelled from the party? It's weird how we actually don't have more Joe candidates because, if think, anything, it's less of a waste of a vote here than it would be somewhere like the UK because at least you can transfer your vote onto I someone. I think it's actually the like. other way around where if you transfer a vote here, your transferred vote can still mean something so you want to do something with it and there's more smaller parties to vote for. Whereas if you're in the UK and you know you're in a, like, a tough Tory seat and you just want to give a big middle finger to the system, you vote for the Monster Raven Looney Party. Yeah, but I'm saying this, that's like you could vote for like the Joe candidate number one, knowing that they would get out, and then yeah. How would we do Joe candidates on the level the UK does if you can't vote when you're dressed as a piece of celery? That's true. Uh, okay, that, that was the election story. Um, that was a great. That was that was. I never even saw the videos. It was just fucking vegans being annoying again. Wait, it was about veganism. Apparently, yes. and it was such a vote. Uh, but also, was like Kerry, wasn't it? But also, yeah. But like, fuck off! Stop harassing vegans love targeting individual farmers and also apparently voting as a thing now. Vegans hate the vote. Ve Did you not hear? Well, I think it has something to do vegans with the have, Rays, no? Vegans have moral and intellectual arguments that are really good and convincing and they can win people over. And the only reason I'm not a vegan is because I don't have the discipline. However, vegan activists are annoying and dumb and don't know how activism works and organization works, which is why they're so unsuccessful, because they just want to morally grandstand and annoy people, which isn't how you get people on side, you know? Um, it's the lesson of the left, is every, like, moralizing, holier-than-thou leftist organization does incredibly poorly, because that's not how you get people on side, you know? They, well, do they don't know how to build political unions. They don't know how to organize. They don't know how to tell people who... Well, they don't know how to advocate cutting down on meat. You know, if someone eats... If everyone in Ireland was to decide that they're going to have meat once a week instead of every day, that would be fantastic. That would be so good for everything that they believe in and support. However, if someone says that they do that, the vegan's response is to scream at them and show them a picture of a baby cow being stomped on. Which is just, it's insane. It's you not know what I think could work? If we have a Vatican III <laughs> and we do the fish thing again, but six days a week rather than one. Oh. No, because overfishing is also a massive problem. I... Well, we just get rid of meat in general, like any kind of animal product for like six days a week. I'm not ready for, if we do have another election, to just see more videos of Leo Racker consuming meat products to prove to the public that he's not a vegan. I, I don't actually believe that there is any sizable majority of human beings that think that Leo Varadkar is actually a vegan or vegetarian. Definitely not, particularly. Um, so his boyfriend is like a friend of a partner of a person who's currently lecturing in UCD. And apparently this uh, this woman told the class at one stage that um, Leo Varadkar refers to her as the militant feminist. <laughs> Anyone who uses the phrase militant feminist unironically is nef definitely not a vegan. Well, I mean, we all remember um, Senator Kenneth Catherine Noonan's comments about Leo Varadkar. Um, <laughs> they so were so clearly, funny. I, it, it's very obvious that people in Fine Gael just don't have much of a filter and don't clearly have much of an idea of what is appropriate and not appropriate to say. I do hope that if we do get another... Um, election that we get more campaign trail stories like that which what, I'm sorry what she said about Leo Varadkar was nothing on her defense because her defense was straight up just say the n-word <laughs> it was <laughs> so funny I loved it it was so stupid it was like the worst possible thing she could have done but it is just a demon but it's but it's also like genuinely and legitimately useful because when everything is about tone policing to show to call out racism or ableism or whatever you end up being able to defend you end up with just two days media training and suddenly politicians advocating policies like direct provision, which are incredibly bad for, for ethnic minorities because it's mostly non-white people who live in direct provision. And also you have to have like, the, the, it's clearly racist, um, but you don't say the bad words and you, you would never say the N word in an interview on the record. And you would never accuse anyone of being a, like use a derogatory term in any other form. And you're very careful about how you talk about, I mean, I get, like, ethnic minorities, travellers, migrants, whatever. 
And you can come off as not racist for that reason. And our understanding in the media of racism generally is someone who calls themselves a Nazi or calls, like, ethnic minorities racial slurs. Um, so it's useful that she's done it so we can be like, look, she's clearly an idiot. But I don't even think it was racist of her to have done it. It was dumb because she was doing it to a journalist and then said, I would never use the N-word, having just used the N-word. <laughs> we just, But, like, I, I actually think what we need to do is point out when we're like arguing about these things is it's that's a great opener but like actually we should be discussing on the ableism question obviously there's the using or saying someone is autistic because they don't like hugs is like clearly uh somewhat antithetical to inclusion of neurodivergent people but actually looking at fina gale's policy on mental health and disability supports is much more important on that uh who cares who like who I, I don't think whether or not she says the N-word and what context she uses it is is nearly as important as whether or not she's in favor of direct provision centers and all of that. But it was quite funny. And I'm just afraid that if we're too careful to, like, call them out on saying bad things, they'll just get a bit better at being media savvy because Leo Varadkar is actually very media savvy. I, he he doesn't call homeless people hobos. He is. He's the worst thing for homeless people, but he doesn't call them hobos. And I so would say fine. almost bizarrely not at the same time in that... I, he, I think he comes across, at least to me, and clearly not to his base, but to me he comes across as like incredibly unempathetic and very kind of posh and smug at times, um, like very hard to relate to. Um, and, and I think it was his comments to, I believe it was the USI, where he said, they you know, discussed like things like the epidemic of HIV crisis here in Ireland and how it's actually been increasing for the first time in quite a while. Um, and he was like, oh, well, you know, that's all the Brazilians coming in and it's not really our problem and stuff like that, where you're like... Wait, did he actually say that? Um, something to the effect of that, yeah. Wow. Uh, I wouldn't quote me verbatim on that, but more or less attributing the rise to Brazilians. Um, this is just him being, being annoyed. Although he has denied those comments. He has yet... Where did he... Wait, when was he talking to the USI and he said that? I believe this was back last year. Is he just one of those grinder lads who's just annoyed at all... Who just has, like... Is just annoyed at all the Brazilians who are in the George all the time? Yes. Probably. Oh, my God. And this is, like, a very personal gripe myself. Um, but his boyfriend, I believe, is also a Gwail Gore. Um, and in my experience, all of the worst gay people I know speak Irish. Um, I, I don't think there's actually any real overlap between that two, but it's just something I've noticed. I actually have also noticed that. Um, not I'm not saying this as LGBT sock, but, like, as a person involved in LGBT sock, anyone who speaks Irish at a coffee morning is usually someone I don't want to talk to. It's... It's bizarre, but it's just like, God, it's I want to like the Irish language, but the people who speak it are always well, the people I detest the most. Well, there's like a few different demographics of people who speak Irish. And it's suddenly true that one of them is people who just fucking hate the people who... There's, there's, one, there's a lot of... There are people in the Gwaeltoc who've moved there and because it's an explicitly low immigration area for like language reasons. Which is like pretty a pretty terrible reason to go, and then you end up becoming a whale girl because you learn and you send your kid to a girl's school and they learn and it's pretty gross. Um, there's very posh people in Dublin who can afford uh, good education and they often have very good Irish and uh and there's like have terrible city politics. Who... And then there's massive Republicans and um, they 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 are very generally speaking good people with much better politics and they also take speaking Irish very important. And but much very... like your vegan discussion earlier, I find them to be very difficult to speak to. In that, Well, that's because they're speaking Irish, Brandon. That's, <laughs> like a, that's a language barrier thing because they only speak Irish and you only speak um, Portuguese and oh, so they can't really uh, interact. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, the Indo thinks that uh, the Greens are going to go in with Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. And I've yeah, sounds right. No idea where they got that from, and it seems to be very, like... People who I know who are involved in the Green Party, like, that seems very unlikely, and obviously the activist base is very opposed to that. However... They have the history. I was about to say, Eamon Ryan is just an out-of-touch, posh person. Yeah. And the Green Party have, can't betray the working classes because they've never claimed to stand up for them. Um, but I also... I just don't actually see it happening. Like, I think it could, but... It require, I think, especially from the point of view of requiring Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael to actually join up, which obviously from an outside perspective makes the most sense. You know, they are very, politically, they're like almost the same. 
Uh, they're both center, center-right-ish parties with maybe Fianna Fáil being slightly less center-right. Um, and there's nothing about them that would make you think, oh, they couldn't join together. But of course, if they were to join together, I think they would actually lose votes both collectively. Um, and also it would demonstrate the pointlessness of both of them. Yeah, exactly. At so, least of having two of the same party, yeah. I think... I don't know if it would be a politically smart move for them to do that. But then again, I don't know. I also yeah. don't like making ele- predictions about the Irish electorate because if they've shown me anything, it's that I cannot predict what they will do. I mean, the last election was making a very strong statement that we're not quite sure what change we want, but we probably want change. Um, it, it's weird. Ireland is a, it has a, it's this weird thing where people also have a different understanding of capital P politics when they're in the polling booth and lowercase politics what they think should happen. Um, the Irish Times election podcast interviewed a number of, there was someone from it was talking to a number of farmers who'd been at the um, the protests, you know, where they blocked up the city with the tractors and was basically asking them who they're going to vote for and they're all either not going to vote or just going to vote for the same Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael people as they always do because they don't really see the point in trying to look for change because sure they're all the same, aren't they? Which is insane to me. Well, as my like, brother like why says, why wouldn't you tie... if change anything they wouldn't let you do it ha, ha, ha. which is great political wisdom ah uh, is your is your brother seven uh, no he's 22 okay <laughs> um, am I allowed to say that he's and, an idiot on air well you could say what you like he voted for the first time finally in this general election but it doesn't even change anything so if you don't believe in voting anybody that's kind of dumb um okay well I mean uh, I'm just, I'm just glad I finally I don't know if I finally convinced him to vote or if he just finally did it anyway, but... Did he vote for Sinn Féin? Oh, I probably shouldn't be discussing random people who aren't even on the show's voting yes. habits. But, um, I voting for... Uh, Sinn Féin's large vote count was very good. I was very happy with that. I was surprised. Uh, well, I wasn't surprised when it actually happened. I was surprised when the rise started because we're very used to going, Fina Gale, bad, done terrible things to country. Time to vote in Fina Fall. As if Michal Martin wasn't on the... F- fucking front benches in 2008. I was just surprised that, like, Sinn Féin got the number one candidate in the most constituencies. You know, oh, like, yeah, no, it like was kind of Kenny, It was they... incredible to see a Sinn Féin TD, you know, be the number one voted in candidate, as opposed to John McGuinness, who earlier, the Kilkenny people, uh, the local paper there in Kilkenny, when they'd asked, actually, all the candidates before the election, like, they were like, who do you think will top the polls? Pretty much everyone said John McGuinness from Fianna Fáil. And with the exception of the Sinn Féin candidate, who was like, this is a ridiculous question. I don't know why you're saying this. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, Yeah, so uh, we're going to have another election later this year, but unfortunately this podcast won't cover it because this is our third episode talking about the election, and I'm bored of it. And lowercase p politics is actually far more interesting. Mm -hmm. But we'll we'll mention it, I guess. Um, It'll be in the weekly news. It'll be in the weekly news. You'll have already had about it. I, why you would be looking, listening to us for like election coverage anyway, I don't know. Cause we we a, come out once a week. We're, we're a big bunch of dum-dums. Instant news. Just right right to the people, right to the heart. Yeah. Um, cool. So, this is a treat. Brennan, I don't know if I was telling you. We have a reading series. And as is me- as it's meant to be, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> we do, historically, We have. I have told, I have said... Get a reading series. First thing to do is just go onto the Irish Times opinion page. You'll find something dumb. I haven't been able to find anything dumb in the Irish Times opinion pages recently. Cause they're Have they just... finally fired Breda O'Brien? I haven't seen anything from her. Oh, because she's been on a few times. She's 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 ripe for the She's really good. Reading uh, series. We do have a repeat, um, repeating seri- reading series writer um, from last week because I, I love this woman now. Oh, no. Um, oh, my God. Is this the... Ruth Dudley Dumb. Edwards. This is the Dudley. Dudley. She writes for the. She's um uh one of the on staff columnists for the Belfast Telegraph. Um, the truth about haters is they are projecting onto others the guilt which they repress. Oh. This, this was released January nineteenth, twenty twenty. It's n- not topical anymore, but it was at the time. Oh no. I want to talk about hate which suddenly, yet again, went to centre stage in Ireland when the Irish Minister for Justice, Charlie Flanagan, organised a small event to commemorate the Royal Irish Constabulary (laughs) and the Dublin Metropolitan Police. No, what? I'd completely forgotten about this controversy. 
To the shock of senior Irish politicians, out of the Woodstock came screaming voices spouting venom against the hundreds of thousands of men, mostly Catholic, who, from 1822 to 1836, respectively, until independence in 1922, kept the peace in a democratic state as instructed by the lawful government. In no time at all, a commemoration oh, was... No, this is... this. I'm not even going to be able to, like, get up the energy to be mad this time. She's just going to say real dumb shit. Who cares what was legal? And also, peacetime? Sorry, give go, give those years again and then repeat the phrase peacetime, please. Um, she didn't say peacetime. She said they kept the peace. Kept the peace. Um, from 1822 yeah. and 1836, respectively, until independence in 1922. How did she think independence happened? If nothing else, they were bad at their job and shouldn't be commemorated if she's like, but they kept the peace. I just there was a... don't think police forces should be commemorated at all. I think it's bizarre to do... Even taking away the connection of the black and tans and all that, it's bizarre to commemorate a police force that is no longer our police force. In it's... no time at all, a commemoration was misnamed a celebration and the RIC and DMP were created with the black and tans. Quite I mean, what does she think the connection there is? Does she think they're like no relation? Seems like. Oh my god. Uh, uh. Quite apart from the ravings of obscure people on social media, public figures outdid each other in their vilification of many of our ancestors and touched an atavistic strain of hatred. Yeah, well, it's because your ancestors are shit. <laughs> so, no, with a surname like Dudley living in Northern Ireland, she's just a massive. Union, she's her ancestors are probably shit. Oh, I get, oh, wait, wait. I guarantee you. She mentions a specific ancestor. Oh, oh, great, 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 great. Now love great, and adore. Great, 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 okay. Um, according to Irish Republican News, which was in its element, an independent councillor from Donegal, Michael MacGillif, Ace, Acebook, Acebook, um, said the Black and Tans never really left us. Their type donned a Free State uniform, an RUC uniform, B Specials uniform, paratroop uniform an eviction team uniform, etc. So this event is not about 1920. It has far-reaching consequences. Huh. Niall O'Dowd, who made his name in Irish-American peace processing and his fortune in Irish-American media, wrote, The RIC were the British handmaidens in Ireland, maintaining repression, helping defeat the Fenian movement and the 1916 rebels, and often using savage reprisals. In Ireland's worst times, this police force acted like the German World War II Gestapo. Yeah. What is she going to say this against this? This is all this? true. We, and the we, wolf- had, we did have literal, actual, literal mass internment in Ireland. It was actually one of the things that people forget about that was so useful to the Republican movement. Actually, they didn't suppress the Fenians. They really helped the Fenians because they just arrested everyone they thought might vote Sinn Féin and put them in massive internment camps. And obviously anyone who was like, eh, I think I might vote for Sinn Féin, they seem like a nice bunch of lads who went, got put in an internment camp by the RIC, fucking left those camps and went straight to a training camp to join the RA because they were like, well, fuck this. Um, so she's she's technically... Anyone who said that they were stopped, they were, they were like harmful to the Fenians is actively wrong. They encouraged it accidentally by being this fucking dumb. But also, yes, fucking internment camps without trial for people who they suspected might vote Sinn Féin even after the First World War ended. It wasn't even wartime by then. And the Wolf Tones, singer-songwriters whose mediocrity is only bal- is balanced by the fever of their anti-British propaganda, had their Come Out Ye Black and Tans at number one in the charts. Well, she just has no fucking taste in music. I think that's fair enough. Like, lots of people just don't know what a good track is. Brought up in a household that included a grandmother who spouted anglophobic venom at every opportunity. Sorry, I anglophobic? Was a, I was accustomed to the language used. Okay, and I'm anglophobic. I love her grandmother. <laughs> yeah, no. I love her grandmother. Anglophobic? I identify anglophobic. as okay. anglophobic. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, very important context. Last week she we read out an article, I read it as an all an article by this same dumb fucking tool that argued that basically Northern Irish Protestants were like the Jews in the new Sinn Féin are the Nazis regime we have. And she literally, that's, I'm not elaborate. She said that the rise of Sinn Féin is equivalent of the rise of the Nazis in Germany in the 1930s. That was the headline of the article. She said and that the- Sinn Féin voters should be marched past the bodies of people killed by the Ra. 
in that article. <laughs> what a dumb person. Does she think that anyone who voted for Boris Johnson should be walked past the far more numerous bodies of Irish Catholics who died in the 70s at the hands of British troops who hadn't, who had like just went off the wall and started fucking opening fire into crowds of people, firing rubber bullets that killed children? Um, pe- people, the people who did that are now being defended by the Tory party. Does she think Tory voters should be marched past those bodies? Because if she does, then fair enough, and she's right about both. But otherwise, fuck off with your dumbass pretend false equivalences. In her oh. case, the loathing was so virulent that it led her to embrace her enemies' enemies, including, at various times, Mussolini, Hitler, and Stalin. Wait, hold on, hold on. How old? She said her grandmother. Her grandmother. But this woman is 450 years old, so surely her grandmother would have been <laughs> long before Hitler, like... Uh, her grandmother was definitely before Hitler. Like this is definitely fake. Okay, my my joking and ages. How old aside, is this woman? My my age This woman as... looks in her seventies. Like my ageism aside. Maybe maybe it's that I have old parents and grandparents. Well, maybe so her grandparents like, were like. Maybe her grandparents were young. Oh my god. No, yeah, it's definitely possible. So definitely possible. She, we're not saying she didn't definitely lie. Is what we're saying. But like we can't hmm. prove that she's lying. <laughs> About her awesome grandmother. But um, it led her to embrace her enemies' enemies, including at various times Mussolini, Hitler, and Stalin, and to nurture a deep antipathy to any politician or institution like De Valera and the Catholic Church that she felt had betrayed the martyrs of 1916. De Valera and the Catholic Church betrayed the martyrs of 1916. Yep. Her granny's white, right? I love her granny. Um, <laughs> um, there were plenty around like her at the time, but I was fortunate in having parents who thought she was mad and had absolutely no sympathy for violent nationalism, past, present or future. The cult of 1916 was one of the reasons why I wanted to leave Dublin and I settled very happily in England where no one voted for terrorists. Sorry, no one voted for terrorists? What the fuck does this woman think happened in the last general election? What the fuck does this woman think the British Empire just fucking do in the world? Also, does, does she know that Iraq is a thing that actually fucking happened to people? What a dumb bitch. Fein, Jesus fucking Christ. If she believes Sinn Féin are terrorists, they literally are elected to Westminster. They may not take their seats, but... <laughs> that happens in Britain. Yeah, no, yeah, no, okay. Not... If she... New. Yes, this is also true. Pe- people well, to be people fair, living... she didn't say Britain. She said she England. She said England. True, uh... true. So the Sinn Féin point maybe doesn't stand. Yeah, but people in England still vote for fucking the Tory party and Tony Blair's Labour party, which just does what did and does war crimes. Yeah, but terrorism as a word is anyway, it is just useless and used to basically decry any act of violence that someone dislikes. It's not really a useful word, but... Yeah, that's true, but like... Um, But violent Irish nationalism impinged pretty rapidly, and when I published a biography of Patrick Pierce in the late 1970s, I became an historian many Republicans like to hate. That an historian is there. Patrick, Um, that that, that makes me anglophobic. (laughs) It's Patrick, (laughs) never Patrick, how dare she? And also saying an historian is archaic and she knows it and she's doing it to pretend she speaks better English than anyone else and it's dumb as fuck. Mm-hmm. No one has used, no one has said, because it's not, no one has said an history since the, in like, correct the Queen's English since fucking 1900. I told you she was 450 years old <laughs> and now I'm standing by that. No, she's actually too, her granny didn't know who Hitler was because her granny was dead a century before Hitler was born. Um, still, few could be bothered writing abusive letters. However, in early 1990s, when I became a journalist who specialised in writing truthfully about the IRA, ha! the criticism reached hysterical levels. And when I got to know many Ulster Protestants and tried to, to explain their culture and attitude sympathetically, I became a hate figure on Planet Republican. And no, then... No. Oh my God. Crime me a fucking river. I go around hating on the... Na- on uh, the political movement that's seeking like basic well how okay there is violent nationalism and obviously the the rad did lots of lots of really terrible shitty things that were not helpful to anyone during the troubles and killed children in england and had no class solidarity and often did like real legitimate harm to working class uh protestant communities in the north and all the rest of it that's all true and you can hate the rad but also if you're just going to write anti-Podrick Pierce books, you can't turn around and complain that Republicans don't like you. Like, what a dumb thing to do. 
and then social media made it possible for people to air their psychoses publicly, and so torrents of daily abuse became the norm. I'm going to at her when we podcast this. Nice. Um, We hate because we fear that which is different, because it enables us to justify our own prejudiced behaviour, and even more... Because it's, it is projection. We ascribe to others what we fear is true if, of us. If you ever do a reading series from this person again, can you please go through her backlog and find every article she's ever done that about LGBT issues or migration or anything else? Oh, can yeah. I'm please... sticking with the recent stuff right now, but I'm going to do it. Are we allowed to call her hibernophobic? Because... 100%. I, it feels only Oh, no, fair. wait. No, she can't be hibernophobic. She's from Dublin. She's from Dublin. <laughs> she's from Dublin. Okay, he well, said that in okay. this article. This honest to God West Brit. Wow. Okay. Okay, but here's the thing. Hibernophobic she may or may not be, but a dumb bitch she is. Like, you can't <laughs> just say that. Like, like, she's an objectively stupid human being. So, these days, Irish nationalists repressing guilt about the cruelties and brutality of the IRA have to find a way of blaming the victims. Hence, the obsessive psychotics need to demonize the police and security forces in order to justify the endorsement of what their murderers. What did you fucking happened in Northern Ar- in the north of Ireland in the seventies? What did she think happened? Like, like, how many bodies does she think each side she has to their name? She only talked to the Protestants. She, she has admitted to only talking to the Protestants. How how how, did, how does she think? Ignoring who she's spoken to, how, what does she think the kill-death ratio is like for the two sides? Jesus fucking Christ. There like, if a... it was Counter-Strike, the Unionists, the police force would fucking own. They just murked people left, right, and centre. Fuck off. Jesus goddamn Christ. There was a classic example in the Irish Republican news story about the RIC event that has not yet happened. She's also, like... Also the... due to take place was the former chief of the RUC special branch, the direct successor of the RIC's own intelligence unit. She has taken out aspects of that quote, as evidenced by the dot dot dots in this. Um, Drew Harris was appointed as a 26-county Garda police commissioner by Justice Minister Charlie Flanagan in September 2018. Of course, they didn't mention the IRA had murdered his father, yet that Drew Harris has resisted in going down the pathway of hate. He is the winner. They are the losers. Piss off. That's the end of the article, guys. Oh, my God. It's Is every one of her articles just like unionists are the real victims? I, and it's also always really annoying to me when fucking high-ranking journalists and columnists complain about Twitter. It's the same thing with the Bernie Bros things. It's the same thing with Brett fucking Stevens in the States. It's all this people who are so closed off from actual real-life politics that they think the worst thing that can happen is someone can abuse you on Twitter. While I think that... Yes, these Twitter criticisms are kind of often used as a shield and overblown. I also dislike them using it because, again, a lot of particularly leftists, I think, will dismiss then what I think can feel like, particularly if you're not a public figure or particularly if you're not like a politician. She's anti-Meghan Markle. She's anti-Meghan Markle. She's anti-Meghan Markle. Why? Why? Um, what is it royalist I'm, being I'm scroll- against the royals? <laughs> I'm scrolling back through Because she's her black, Brendan, you page. know it. Yeah. Um, um, okay, well, it's now time to leave the pod. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to say that... I don't know, I feel like less am- animated. Than I- I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. No, that's not true, I am angry. She's I'm stupid just as hell. No that's fair, English people suck. I'm not going to say this because I'm probably... I'm going to read this and see if it'll keep for next one, but... Ooh. Well, that's worrying. If you don't read it next time, you'll have to at least read the ex- but the the the, th- mm-hmm. the thing that made you say woo. Um, thank you very much for coming in, Brendan. Thank I hope you, you had a good me. time. Uh, yeah, thanks, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, we might have you in again once we have... No, we're not going to have you in to discuss once we have a government because we're going to pretend we don't have one because yeah. we don't have a government. We can do crimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to brick the T-shock. Once again, a new, um, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.